People say this all the time. I like to vape styrofoam. Either that or zombies. Yeah, good call. And we can all benefit from looking at things that way more, yeah. uh, no matter who we are. I know some people you know, do it when they're much younger than we are. But I wonder if people who think more deeply as a habit are more susceptible to that kind of thing. You know, being um, a good steward of our earth, go with at least eight total people. Yeah. You're going to see a lot more of it. I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. It is the show for the Renaissance person. The multi-potentialite. It's a positive agenda-free zone. And we always discuss a variety of things because... Gummit, we love a variety of things, so suck it. We're curious, so we nerd out. We strive to be better, so we unleash our superhero. We love our pop culture, so we personally have the burden of consuming pop culture and reviewing it for you. Today, Captain Influence's story of returning to the children, uh, I'm sorry, the land of the corn, and wow, you just, you don't want to miss that. We're reviewing our escape room experience in case you're ever interested in going to an escape room. And of course, we've got some cool stories of those unleashing their superhero and a cool way to see even more of that in your life. We've got some movies, TV shows, and music to talk about. Let's rock it. Not again. Oh, no, we're not going there, dude. (laughs) What's up, Captain Influence? How you doing? How you doing? Mm -hmm. What are you wearing? Uh, Are you wearing anything? I I, I don't know if it works when we both do the same voice (laughs) at the same time. No, no, it does not. No. I wear t shirt and shorts. What do you wear, Captain? Uh, I try try to wear nothing. No, I wear t shirt and shorts. Dude, it's freaking hot. I'm not going to wear much of anything. I don't care. I, you know, people want me to dress up, dude. I, I'm coming in like, uh, I don't know, a Speedo. Dress down. Dress yeah. down. It's just hot. It's hot. That's so, what AC's for. Well, yeah, except that, you know, our condo and the cavernous studio, we've got the old 1970-something insulation in the walls, which is kind of dead. You know, the attic's kind of dead. We're actually looking yeah. at getting new insulation. We have new windows, of course, you know, and our condo's all nice and new and looks beautiful, but... That, that wall unit, man, it's only uh, 12,000 BTUs, for those of you who have any idea what the heck I'm even talking about, which cools off, you know, four to 500 square feet. That doesn't really do much. We need one that I'm cools sorry. off like, like a 25,000 BTU one, man. We got to make this place yeah. cold. I'm sorry, dude. That really, that, that sucks to be you, bro. No, it's okay. You know, because the, the beautiful <laughs> part about living in Colorado is that we don't have a lot of summer. We have summer, but it's not hot like this all the time. It's not Phoenix. It's huh. not Las Vegas, you know, so it's okay, but you still want to be cool. And, you know, when you're at 5,000 feet above sea level, the sun does heat your place up. So, yeah, you, you got to be closer to that big burning fireball, aren't you? That's right. The ball of, of energy that Superman gets. I, but seriously, man, like I'm actually kind of looking at ways to, to work a little better at this. How do I how do I cool the place down? How do we preserve 
our energy more. Here's the other thing, trying to be more energy efficient, you know, being um, a good steward of our earth and environment. So, you know, especially in the wintertime, don't run your heat as much because we're insulated well. You know, I'm working on this kind of stuff here. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. One thing I love doing, though, this is one of my favorite activities, though, is just to get a bunch of styrofoam and just go outside and burn it. Make sure you breathe it oh. in, too. And then, you know, you, you turn your car on for, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. Let it run while it's trying to warm up. I like to vape styrofoam. Oh, man, that's good out there. That's good. Well, we Grind said. it up. Vape it. <laughs> <laughs> I said you had a really uh, interesting story to, to share of, you know, returning to the children of the corn. I Sorry, land of the corn. Yeah. Keep getting confused with that. You know, there is corn in Iowa, right? Oh, yeah. Lots of corn in Iowa. You bet. So wait, isn't the, isn't like the term of an Iowan, an Iowanian, I don't know what they're called, like landlover, isn't that what it is, landlover? Idiots out wandering around. Oh, well, that would be children of the corn. Yeah. Either that or zombies. Ooh, we have lots to talk about zombies later. later. We, well, a little bit. Yeah, we do. We, we've got a lot. We've got a lot of pop culture to talk about today because with lots. all that San Diego Comic-Con stuff, you did a little more research, so it's like, oh, more to check out. But, a little more. You know, it's funny when we get into the nerding out stuff and some of the unleashing of the superhero, it's more story based, like personal story based. But I think there's some good stuff. But you made it home after yes. coming out to Colorado. You travel your way back to the land of the corn. Yes. And, and getting there once I got back, everything was normal. But getting there was a little bit more interesting than usual. Really? Yeah. Because, OK, first of all, three things happen. First of all. I left my bag at the end of the security line at Denver International Airport. Oh, no. I'm not used to bringing a bag with me. I I always, I either, well, I always check a bag. But this trip, I decided to not check the bag because it was small enough that I could fit it under my seat or whatever. Carry on. And so, and yeah, I used it as a personal item because I was basic economy, so I couldn't have a carry on. Oh, interesting. yeah, it, they're they're always changing the rules. Anyway, yeah. so I left my bag. I got through security, flying colors, and got my shoes and my wallet and all that stuff. And I went over, put my shoes on, and walked down to the train and got on the train. And I was halfway to my uh, terminal when I realized I left my bag there. <laughs> I felt like such an idiot. I like broke out in this cold sweat. Oh, I, no. I felt such an idiot. I was like, oh, oh my man. god, what? What if they like impound my bag because they think it might have a bomb in it or something? Wait a minute. No, 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 no. I just got through security. It's, it's going to be fine. Well, so I get up to an information desk uh, in one of the terminals on it and I said, hey, you know I did what I did? I feel really stupid. They said, dude, this happens all the time. Oh, interesting. Bag and lots of people do it every wow. day. So you, you just go through this line, you know, take the train back, go through this line, tell them what happened. They'll get your bag. So got my bag back. I'm in a bar. It was still uh, there. Yeah, it was just Good. sitting right there. And the oh, lady wow. said, oh, I was about oh. to take it to Lost and Found, but I had a feeling somebody might come back for it. Oh, nice. Surely. Yeah. Good. So, of course, I mean, well, I would expect nice. people to always. Yeah, they, yeah, they were really nice. TSA has always been nice in my experience. Oh, yeah. So, Especially and, and at Denver. I, yeah, and my hats are off to those people. Man, yep. they have to put up with so much crap. So then I'm in a bar and I'm sitting there reading a book and having a couple beers and there's this drunk bro sitting like three <laughs> seats away from me. Hey, bro. Now, luckily, the, yeah, the whole airport was actually kind of dead that night. Uh, and the bar only had a few people in it. And he was just talking on his phone. Blah, 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 F-bomb, F-bomb, blah, 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 F-bomb. 
And there was this really cute bartender tending bar. And he, when he wasn't on the phone, he was, he was constantly hitting on her, like really oh. smarmy hitting on her. Mm. But she was a complete pro. Interesting. <laughs> Most bartenders she was are, totally right? just. She was, yeah, she was just deflecting him left and right, but she was engaging him. I mean, she wasn't like trying to get away from him. She was totally engaging him, but with, you could totally tell she was not having it. Interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so I'm just glad he didn't turn out to be, because he was really drunk. I could tell. Yeah. I'm just glad he t- didn't turn out to be likes to fight guy because that's yeah. the kind of drunk you never want to be around in an airport. You know, somebody looking for a fight. Oh, yeah. Wow. But, you know, that happens though. And you're right. Like those, those bartenders are usually trained somehow or they're, they have the right personality to be able to handle that kind of thing. But you know, they, they take it interesting. They take it well. Cause yeah, you're right. You she don't want really good. You don't want to mess with somebody who's super drunk either. Cause that'll piss them off and cause other problems. Right. And then we'll get tipped. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and I was really impressed. I was impressed with how she handled him. Nice. And then the last thing is the airplane ride back to Iowa was so much nicer. It was a seven thirty seven. Yeah. It's only, you know, not a, yeah. not a huge plane, six seats across, but the seats are all nice and plush pleather. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a nice TV screen in front of you and everything. So yeah, the, the trip back was much better than the trip there, but good. just in general, I had a really good time in Colorado last week. I, it was a really good trip. I had a lot of fun with you guys. And just in general, we got to hang out three separate nights, man. I know <sighs> that's, that's kind of unprecedented. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know we got to do the escape room. So first of all, we had to go to the uh, Himalayan, or as you would call it, Himalayan. The Himalayan Bistro. Himalayan yes. Bistro, because, you know, we, we talked about that on the show, and you finally got to experience it. And what did you think of that? It was fantastic. Oh, it was as good as you said it was. Man. Yeah. So Beautiful you ever in Fort Collins, anybody? I highly recommend the Himalayan Bistro. <laughs> <laughs> for, you, uh, West, for you Midwesterners, it's Himalayan. But anyway, yes. And then we did the escape room. Wednesday night. Oh my gosh, yep. dude. That was fascinating. What did you think? It was a sci-fi based escape room where you were a member of a crew of a spaceship who was told about a, another ship that was in distress somewhere in the galaxy and you had to find it, find out what was happening to it, board it, see what was going on. And it was hands down the best escape room I've been to. And I've been to, hmm. you know, almost, you know, 10 or so with you guys. Yeah over the last five years or more. And it was by, by far the best one. Mm. I was really impressed. I guess it took them two and a half years to set it up. Yeah. It's incredible. And get all the technology and everything figured out. And wow. So it was a two parter. We only did the first part Mm -hmm. and that was 90 minutes. So it it was was also the longest one we've done. Well, and especially we actually spent the full 90 minutes because the way they did this one, you know, typically it's, you have up to 60 minutes and if you finish early, you're done and that's great. With this one, it was that you actually were supposed to use the full 90 minutes regardless. You just had to complete, was it 36 or 37%? 37% is all. Okay, so you had to complete 37% in order to be able to go on to do part two. So after you've completed 30, you have up to 90 minutes to complete 37%. But if you complete it, then you can just use the rest of your time and just get as far as you can, which right. of course we did, you know, because our group's amazing and we've never lost one yet. So we hit 37% and we kept going. And I think we ended up getting up 47, 48%. Yep, 47. 47%. And I guess the record was 56%. So we were close. Yeah, we weren't bad. And I guess only 20% of the people have ever even gotten to that 37%. So we were were there and had a really good time. 
And I'll tell you what, though, um, you know, you saying it's the best one, I would say it's in my top two for sure, because the only other one that I did like was another sci fi based one where, you know, you fly in a ship and then you have the alien containment. Remember that one? It had the entrapment yes. lasers and stuff. That, that was that fantastic. Was but this one was just as fantastic, if not even better. But I loved it because, you know, you're on a ship and they actually had a full on computer console with a captain's chair where, you know, and they had the view screen, of course, which was essentially just a really large TV. So, you know, you fly around and you had to actually go to the system that the ship was supposedly in. And so you're flying around and warping around and stuff. And, uh, you know, the whole thing's like, you can feel it, you know, as you're warping, it was really cool. And then you had to actually look for the right ship to scan. So I'm not going to give any more away though, because I know they don't want us to talk about secrets, but there's a lot about it that was very detailed, very in depth, a lot of complication to it, but they really put a lot into this. It was incredible. Yeah, it was really clever. So yeah, yeah. I was very happy with it. The one thing I will but, say, people say this all the time, you know, Hey, I'm going to go to an escape room. Have you ever been? And we might've touched on this last week, but the biggest, biggest piece of advice I give people is if you're ever going to do an escape room, go with at least eight total people max yes. out the room. If you can at 10, but go with your own friends. Cause sometimes they'll pair you up with strangers, which you know can be fun, but it's good to go with people, you know, because you know how each other thinks you can communicate well. And I think the biggest thing that I always say is make sure that you go with a wide variety of people in the sense of that. Hey, we have a group where some of us are kind of artistic. We notice things. We're great at observations. And then we've got our friends who are engineers and tech nerds and other things like that. So, you know, they can figure things out that like you and I can't. Uh, and it's just a really right. well-balanced group. And honestly, I would say that, you know, if you and I were to go with a couple of friends like us, we would never, ever succeed never. And, and finish these. No way. And I think we even if the, the if the engineers were to go without us, I, I think they'd succeed still, but I don't think they'd get it as fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Maybe. <laughs> I, it really, I, balance is so important in this kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't feel completely useless at this one like I sometimes do, but I did help a little bit. But yeah. uh, they, those engineers really drive the ship. Oh, they do. They're, because that's yeah. what these escape rooms really are designed you know, for, are people like that. But yes. I'll tell you, there were some things that I contributed personally that had I not contributed it, we would never have found the ship. Ah, yes. So I was all excited about that. Very like, nice, Brian. Did some really good things this time, but they did things that, man, I, I was like, how did you guys figure this out? I don't even right. think like that. It yeah, was they go so fast. So yeah, it was a good time, man. Good time. Well, we get to play some, we get to play Settlers of, of Catan with our, your, yeah. your friend up too late. And yep. I, I like it. Or UP too late. And his family. How you want to spell it, but yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that was really fun. Was, I, I, I got it. The funniest thing about that was I go over there and he greets me and he's got a headlamp on his head and I'm like, um, <laughs> what's going on? Did you guys lose power? So I get in there and I realize that their their dining room table is so dim that you could barely see. Anything. It was so funny. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. It man. wasn't that bad. Well, I could but, barely but read the cards, too. Oh Actually, really? Yeah. See, I, I didn't. I didn't have that problem, but uh, but yeah. I didn't even notice his headlamp until he started using. <laughs> it was it. so funny, and he's oh, like, "I gotta man. be able to see. I need a headlamp." And, and he was like, "My light's too dim." Yeah, it's kind of funny, but it, it was great. It was a good time. What was even funnier is he never used the thing except to joke about it, so he could yeah. see. It was you could see enough, but sometimes you know you're like, <laughs> "Wait, what does that say?" I you know it's funny. I think you we know. all stare at computer screens too much. Too much, whatever. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you had a good 
good trip, man. Good times. Yeah, I did. Yep. Yep. We've been meeting with financial advisors to find a good one. You don't really think about this kind of stuff. And that's, I know some people, you know, do it when they're much younger than we are, but just thinking about, okay, how do we manage our assets better? How do we make our money work for us? You know, how do we do better for retirement? I mean, we've done this stuff. It's just, we need to do better, you know? And the, yeah. the market is actually really high right now. It's doing really, really well. That may change, of course, with the elections coming up. But for, I mean, shoot, most of our adult life, it's not been good. And so it's like, Has well, it? yeah, it's been, a, you know, because of 9-11, man. 9-11 really messed things up many years ago. And, and I mean, th- there have been some other things. But the market, I guess, was nowhere near what it's been in the past, at least for the last 20 years. But in the last couple of huh. years, it's actually been doing pretty well. So, yeah. This is what we're learning anyway. I don't know a lot about this stuff. I am not a financial type of person. You know, numbers, uh, I get numbers, but not to that level. You know, I don't nerd out on that kind yeah. of stuff. So Me neither. anyway, very interesting stuff. You know, I think we all need to be kind of thinking about at some point. And of course, then there's like, you know, wills and uh, I, don't, I don't know, powers of attorney, all those little things. You know, you just got to think about it at some point in your life because you hear people die either too young or suddenly and they didn't have that stuff and it just becomes a, a, just a nightmare, you know? So anyway, we've been going through that. You know, some of it's definitely not fun to talk about, but one thing that occurred to me and I don't know, this was, to, I'm sure someone else has thought of this, but it's just like it finally clicked in my head that most of the time when you think of managing your assets, you think what is monetary based. Right. Or something you own, right? Or, so, or, or something that can be, you know, linked to a dollar value. Of course, like, like your home or something like that. Like you're you're managing your your assets. Yeah, exactly. But something that just kind of like, like popped into my brain, had this like weird light bulb go off. It was like, dude, we never really talk about managing all of our assets. And by that, I mean, time is an asset. Our health is an asset. Our friends, friends are an asset. Are an asset. Yeah. The enjoyment that you have in life is an asset. You know, yeah. if I go to see a movie and I have a good time, that's an asset. That's fun time. We don't think about it like that. And so I just had not. this like weird moment of like, oh my gosh, like w- we need to be talking about managing our assets in a way that is balanced because, you know, for the person who says I'm going to go work a hundred hours a week, never see my family because I got to put, you know, money in their pockets. They're not managing their assets very well. They're managing their money, but mm. money is just another asset. It's a tool. That's all it is. You know, we, I, we, I mean, I'm guilty of this too. We worship money and it's like, it's just a piece of freaking paper that is used to exchange for something else. That's all it is, right? Or a number or a number on a screen. Exactly. It's absolutely ridiculous that we put so much into this, but the reality is, is that it is just one of many assets that we all have in our lives. And so I thought, why are we so focused on money in this culture? I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I know this is like nothing new since the beginning of time, but it is still one of those things that I, it just hit me. And I thought, I'm going to balance my money, our other assets, like our home and cars, like you said, like stuff like that with my time, my health, my friends, my family, you know, all of those things. And how do I create balance with all of those things? Yeah. We live in a material society. That's why we're trained to, to worship money and things and stuff. Yeah. We're, we're lucky enough to live in this great country and this relatively safe country, True. Even, as war, even as world wars abound in the 20th century, the United States was pretty safe. So, you know, we're really lucky in that regard and in Canada, of course. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it, how could it not be good for us to look at other 
you know, less thought of assets uh, yeah. that are that are just as valid of asset as money. So true. And, you know, people in other countries probably do think of food and family and friends as their assets way more than we do. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting, oh, yeah. too, because, you know, we talked about this on the show, too. How many times do we just kind of not put priority on friendships because one, we've had a long day or we're too busy or, you know, whatever the case may be. Dude, you would not believe how important friends are to other cultures. And yet in America, we don't put as much priority on that. And they're just as important. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, right. To Americans, friends are not as much of an asset, even though they should be. Because they're the people that are going to be there for you. You know, like your family and your friends, that's what's going to last, right? Money is. Right. And that's, and of course, that's a generalization. But yeah, I think it is. But we do... Americans value or are taught from birth to value the individual more and you know, what's best for me and mine. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, we're, I, I can see why like maybe in the middle East or in Africa or, you know, less money driven. Well, that's hard to say no. less everywhere in the world. It's kind of money driven, but yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Where, where people like just don't world. have as much stuff. Sure. Those uh, less tangible assets are much more important to them. Sure. And again, this goes back to balance too, because you know, in, in our culture, in our society, in the United States, money is, you can't live without it, unfortunately. So of course, I mean, whether you like it or not, like it is what it is. You know, if you don't have a lot of money, you, you, your life will suffer. It's just what it is. And it sucks that sometimes people are so obsessed with getting more money so that their life can be quote better. But again, they're sacrificing their time and their health for money or their sleep. Right. So it's like, where do we balance all of this stuff so that, you know, our friends, our family, our call it the roof over your head, you know, your amenities basically that keep you safe Mm. and, you know, out of the elements and stuff. That's very important. Right. But, you know, you even mentioned it too, that there's health, there's sleep, there's things like that. And that goes to self-care. We're taught to be selfish, but at the same time, self-care is an asset. So it's like, it's all about balance, man. The more I think about it, the more I'm just like, we've got to balance our assets and we've got to be good stewards of them essentially is what it is. And you know, enjoy it too and be thankful for it. You know, if I've got downtime where I can go to a movie or play a video game with, with friends, that's an asset to me and I'm yeah. not going to look down on that. And I think people do, you know, so very interesting. It's just kind yeah. of this one of those weird moments I had and I thought, call. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to look at things through that lens more. Yeah. Good call. And we can all benefit from looking at things that way more, yeah. uh, no matter who we are. So, well, speaking of looking at things, Ideally, in a, in a better way. <laughs> I like that. I have actually been purposely looking for people who are unleashing their superheroes because I know that I was noticing more of those who don't. And I think partially because I was focusing on that because <laughs> I was like, oh, those idiots, you know. So, yeah, you know, anybody, whether you're driving or you're going to a coffee shop and you've got your baristas or your baristas and just people around waitstaff, whatever, right? person you're sitting next to on the plane you know just just looking for people who are unleashing their superheroes in the smallest way even yeah it's kind of like when you get a new car or Mm -hmm. truck and suddenly you're seeing that type of car and truck everywhere you look you know you're you're suddenly you're suddenly looking for it whether subconsciously or consciously you're looking for other people who have the same truck as you yeah and so then you notice it more so i think if you shift your shift your attitude towards the what you've done then I mean, you shift your attitude towards looking for people who are doing that, even in small ways, yeah. you're going to see a lot more of it. Well, you know, it's funny because when the show first started three years ago, 
that was the intention. We're looking for superheroes. We're trying to be superheroes. And then somewhere along the line, life happens, bad things happen to you, you know, and you know, circumstances are bad. We talked about this last week. This is actually that discussion about depression last week really, really got me thinking. And I actually was talking with a friend who is a, you know, a licensed counselor knows this stuff. And Mm -hmm. I was saying, please listen to my show and make sure we didn't say anything bad. And he didn't notice anything glaring, but he did, you know, he pointed out a few things that we, that he really agreed upon. And he did say, you know, with, you know, non-chemical, there's non-chemical depression, there is chemical depression, but he did say, but it really still all stems back to thought, which is what we talked about that if you think something and it's a lie, for example, then you're probably going to go down a place that is discouraging, which could lead to depression and other things like that. So he really was affirming the fact that thought is the commonality, I guess, when it comes to depression, even there, even though there may be some chemical or non-chemical based thought is still the issue. And so, or would you say perception over thought? I mean, would perception be more of a narrowing it down, but you're still thinking it. So I think that's kind of his point is that you're choosing to think about it, whether it's your perception or not. Okay. Like a circumstance does not necessarily cause de- depression, even right. though a circumstance may be horrifying, right? That's, that's kind of what he, what I was saying and what he was also kind of affirming is that your thought is what leads you down that path, not necessarily the circumstance. True. Even True. And I cir- wonder if people who tend to think more deeply are more susceptible to that, you know, Possibly. people who are, are less, you know, less shallow individuals and everyone ha- is shallow in some you know, everyone's got levels of shallowness, right? Yeah. Or depth to them. But I wonder if people who think more deeply as a habit are more susceptible to that kind of thing. I don't know. I'm yeah, just throwing point. it out there. That's interesting. It's possible. Hmm. Thinking about what we talked about last week and then trying to notice people who unleash your superhero just got me thinking that somewhere along the line in the show, and I know I've even heard this, that listeners have noticed this too. I started to see more negative because life was negative. So inadvertently I was looking for it just so that I could complain about it. And then of course you get addicted to complaining about it. And so what do you do? Well, you want to get on the show and you just want to like give people a piece of your mind. You know, you want to unload. Yeah. You got a vent. vent. And sometimes you really do regardless, but I just thought, you know, I (laughs) feel like we've kind of focused too much on the negative, not intentionally. Of course, the whole point is like, it's a positive show and we're trying to unleash our superhero. And yet I just want to rant about this. And I'm going like, I (laughs) shouldn't be doing that. But sometimes it's kind of fun, especially if it's a funny negative, that can be a fun rant. And people, people enjoy listening to that sometimes. As long as you're not grouching about it. For sure, dude. And that's, that's the whole point. And so I, I've been thinking like if I could try to purposely look for these people, try to purposely look for the superhero moments, even if they're small, then wouldn't that change my mind better? Wouldn't that help me to become more like that? And it's totally like I knew this stuff. So I've been trying to do more of that. And and part of that has been giving myself more time in my day, for example, and especially like to get places, you know, cause I'm, I'm usually late and part of that's because I schedule myself with way too much of my schedule. And part of it's because I have you to over schedule yourself. Yeah. Part of it's because I have to, there's too much to do sometimes. And then a lot of the time there's really not that much to do. You just, yeah, I, I think there is, but the reality is, is it can wait. You know what I mean? Brian, Brian, I'm living proof that there is not too much to do. <laughs> 
I know most, most of, of my most I of know. my time when I'm not working is casual time, and it's not scheduled. And I just, yeah. um, what am I going to do next? You know, type of thing. So and you just nice. you enjoy keeping yourself busy. To an extent, I do, and to an extent, I really don't. And I think that's been because you know when when I was younger, I was a lot more flexible in the sense of that, like exactly like what am I going to do? Who am I going to do it with? And we'd get together and we'd do stuff. Interestingly enough, I've come to realize that if I were to hang out, let's say you and I hang out, you're here and we get together at, let's say, 2 p.m. on a Saturday and we do a multitude of things until, say, midnight. So 10 hours hanging out. We're doing stuff. We're doing a bunch of different things, but it's just you and me or, you know, maybe it's a four of us. I don't know, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But we're not going from party to party kind of thing like that I love, man. Even though we have a full schedule, I love that. But when it's like, okay, Captain Influence, I got to see you, you know, at two o'clock and then I've got to meet someone else at four o'clock and I got to meet someone else at six o'clock and then I got to meet someone else at seven o'clock and then I've got to be back in time to do this at nine o'clock. That's stressful. Even though I'm full with people and things because I'm jumping from thing to thing with different people trying to meet deadlines, that's what gives me a lot of stress and that's what creates Mm -hmm. me being late and everything. So no, I'm not a fan of that. I like having a full day and I like being quote, I don't like busy. I like full, I like full, but I like being with you know, a couple people at a time and then move on to the next group, you know, kind of thing. But no, I like, I was never a quote party hopper, even though I didn't go to parties like that, but you know, it's like Christmas parties. You see the people that are like, I got six Christmas parties to go to tonight. I'm like, shoot me now. <laughs> I'd rather just have one <laughs> great one to go to, you know? Yeah. The more course. the merrier, That's- but yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, scheduling less. I'm not rushing as much. My stress is lower. My time is greater. And going back to that, I'm actually able to pay more attention to the cool people around me. And also just like, wow, look at the beautiful sunset, you know, look at the green grass or the flowers. It's like, I'm noticing it more, you know, rather than like, ah, I'm too busy to notice it right now, you know? And then uh, one big thing that I did was I, I switched my week up where I was, I was starting my Mondays off with all of this logistics and technical stuff that I had to do, which, you know, I, I you know, you got to do it, but I don't, I don't like it. I'm not a big fan of that. Right. To me, it's like be creative on a Monday and a Tuesday, yeah. you know, do the creative stuff, do the stuff that is more on that side of the brain earlier in the week, because you can't force creativity. I can force technical and logistics, but I cannot force the creativity. So being able to like schedule my week differently and sometimes you can do this and sometimes you can't depends on what kind of job you're in too. But I, even in jobs, you can schedule it this way sometimes, but being so, able to do more of that at the beginning of my week allows my rested brain from the weekend to come back and be like, Oh, look at all this. And I'm doing, I'm creating more and I'm doing more and I'm, I'm happier, you know, and I'm healthier. I'm having more fun. And then, Oh, well, my logistics hit, you know, on a Wednesday, for example, technical logistics, all that, and no problem. I'm, I'm good to go. Cause I've done some of the stuff I can't force. And so, you know, by Thursday, I'm like, man, I feel great. This is a great week versus I've been exhausted by, by Wednesday or Thursday every week. And the productivity has gone up massively. Holy cow. You wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't. So that's pretty cool, man. I love moments like that when you can just kind of change it. So there's my (sighs) intention of trying to unleash my superhero in better ways. Because by the way, when I'm you know, healthier, happier, and doing better in that sense, it really truly impacts everybody one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. So just keep keep evolving, Brian. It ain't just me. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Well, you know, one of these days I'm gonna look like a giant lizard. I hope not. No, that was a bad actually start. I take that back. I hope so. No. 
That was a bad Star Trek Voyager episode. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> you do not evolve into a giant lizard. Some of you who know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. The rest of you are like, huh? What the? What? <laughs> Voyager? Uh, I don't what's, what's Star Trek? <laughs> it's the nerdy stuff, people. That's what we love. Yeah, fast forward. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like this episode. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's jump into some glorious pop culture stuff. TV shows, let's movies, music. Do let's. Let's I'm going to let you start. Oh my god. Seriously. Oh, oh wait. So, wait, I've got a crazy idea. Oh. So, this was something I was joking around with with Lord Thunder and I was trying to so you know, you know, autocorrect on our phones and what it does. Yes. So, <laughs> forgot what it was it was something he was talking about and uh, i'm gonna have to pull it up but you know i want to autocorrect something and he's like what i don't know where that just came from but wow i don't i don't know what i was trying to say so i was trying to take that as a joke and said that's actually really funny now what i oh it was connect that's what it was so you got to connect and it somehow autocorrected to up connect he's like connect what does up connect even mean and i said dude this is where you got to take that term and you got to turn it into pick your favorite dialect. So I had two. I was like, you know, urban dictionary speak or redneck or valley girl or, you know, pick pick your dialect. Just go for it. I did a 90s one, a 90s quote urban, like a 90s Ebonics. And then I did a, uh, you know, the redneck <laughs> one. 90s Ebonics? <laughs> <laughs> It was just wow. That was a poll. This is all through like text, and then uh, I had hoity-toity country clubbers. Um, So like the redneck, I'll share this one. Like, tell you what, you fixing to up connect that daggum thingamabob? That's one. See, I think I think people were confused up until this point, or even maybe still. Yeah, yeah. So you take something (laughs) and you you create it in a in a dialect, right? And then the hoity-toity country clubbers was, excuse me, sir, might you up connect that fine piece of equipment for me post haste? My deepest gratitude to you. You know, you just got to go crazy with no. this stuff. And he's just like, uh, <laughs> so my recommendation then was we should every episode take a request <laughs> from one of our listeners who says, okay, I want you to do this segment. And it's got to be short, by the way, we don't want an entire like movie segment in something. Cause that could just get annoying. So <laughs> short, like take a whatever short, whatever, whatever we decide to do. And you like take requests, right? So they say, okay, we want you to do it in this accent or this voice or this dialect, like do the Valley girl thing for whatever, right? Or something. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this could be a lot of fun, man. Uh, So we're taking requests. (laughs) No, no, it's because the listeners got to get involved too, man. So we're taking requests from you. It's got to be appropriate though. Nothing inappropriate. You tell uh, us what dialect you would like us and we'll start actually going through these. And then, like I said, it's got to be kind of short. I don't want it to be annoyingly long. So let us know. Yeah. Kind of like the Beavis and Butthead thing, right? Exactly. It was short. Yeah. Whatever. So go for it. Start the requests coming in. We're going to have some fun with this. <laughs> do it. Do it. Yeah. There you go. Emperor. I just, I just hope they don't pick one that I can't do like the emperor. We'd have to have spider pan on to do that one. Totally. And you know what? If we can't do it, we'll bring a guest on. And if we can't okay. find anyone to do it, then we will skip it and come back to it later when we're better at it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick the ones we can immediately do and you know work on the rest. Oh, that's funny. Go for it. All right, let's see what happens. <laughs> okay, movies. So I was kind of looking for, you know, what movies, I mean, besides what we talked about last week, what movies are coming out in the next few months that I'm 
that we didn't mention or and some that we did mm-hmm. uh, last week that I might look forward to because I, I just haven't seen anything on the horizon really that I haven't been looking right you know when you go to movies you look forward to the previews to see what's coming out it's dry but right I haven't now, been dude. to a movie for a while yeah it's dry. so I found five movies that I'm either sort of looking forward to or really looking forward to and here they are really quick okay number one Zombieland Double Tap. I haven't even, I didn't even know they were coming out with a sequel to Zombieland. And if you watch the trailer, go to traileraddict.com or, or whatever your favorite, favorite trailers uh, outlet is. But it's funny because only Woody and that other dude look like they aren't any older. The, Interesting. Uh, Emma, Emma Stone and the little girl, of course, the little girl's all grown up. But Emma Stone just kind of, she has this older look to her <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Old. Age is a big theme with these five movies that I'm going through. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Um, so you, yeah, so Zombieland Double Tap. I'm looking forward to. Is Zombieland the? I've never seen the first one. Is it worth it? Very worth it. Okay. It's as far as zombie movies go, and I'm kind of over zombie movies now. Well, that's like the I've thing. Yeah, it's a too. funny zombie. It's a funny one. Okay. It's a it's a comedy. So so that's the thing because I I've always been interested because it's a comedy, but I'm like you. I'm like oh zombie movies. I'm so done. Right. But if it's so, worth yeah, watching, would, then by like if it's it's kind of like watching, you know, Galaxy Quest. Even if you're not a sci-fi fan, it's still worth right. watching. Is it like that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So and then the the sequel comes out in October, by the way. So well, only a couple timing. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, of course, right. And then uh, the next one, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, oh, yeah. uh, comes out in November with Tom Hanks as yeah. Fred Rogers. And only Tom Hanks could pull Fred Rogers off like that. And it yeah. looks like it's going to be a tearjerker. Yeah. So that I'm yeah. excited about too. I would highly recommend watching the actual documentary on Fred Rogers that we yes. talked about. So uh, yes. what was that called again? I totally lost because I'm all I can think of is a beautiful I day. I thought in the it was a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I know it's uh, it's not, but Oh, won't you be my neighbor? That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Do watch that first so you can see the documentary and then you can really go and see how well Tom Hanks truly does with this. Cause I have a feeling he's yeah. going to be spectacular win best actor kind of thing. Yes. And I, I think there's a really good chance. He'll certainly be nominated. Next one is, uh, we talked about last week, uh, in reference to your, your friend who was a pilot, uh, mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick yeah. comes out in June of next year. It's so a whole year from now. Oh man. And I just wanted to say about the trailer cause I hadn't seen it yet. And that in the trailer, Ed Harris looks like he's about to fall over dead. Number one. <laughs> and, Tom Cruise, of course, is just aging like crazy. It's just funny how all these, you know, yeah. these actors, the actors from our childhood, they're still in movies these days. Does it feel like to you like it's just Hollywood's constantly regurgitating the same old actors uh, still? And that is there the same number of new actors now as there was when we were younger, like in the 80s and 90s and yeah, yeah and, 80s and 90s. And here's basically. the thing, because they didn't regurgitate them back then at all. And actually, it's only been within, I think, the last five-ish years that they've started to do like mass reboots and mass sequels. Because mm-hmm. before that, it was like, man, I haven't seen Sean Connery in forever. I haven't seen, you know, again, you know, some of the people that you kind of grew up, I mean, minus, minus Tom Cruise, he's been in every movie ever since, but... <laughs> You just you didn't see a lot of those guys. In fact, Ed Harris, I haven't even seen in a long time either. It was kind of like, where did all these yeah. guys go? You know, they it's like they dropped off, and all I'm seeing are young new actors that I don't know, and it's like the next generation of okay. actors. So it's only been, I think, within the last five years that all of a sudden these guys are getting pulled out of the mothballs, and it's like, oh hey, they're, they're acting again. Okay. Oh my gosh! Now here's the funny part about Ed Harris. He's not that old. 
He's really, he looks a lot older than he really is. He's only in his sixties <laughs> actually. Um, oh, no way. Dead serious. He's in his sixties. I just looked it up actually. Oh he's not that he looks like he's in his eighties though. And I don't know why. I don't know if they're making him to look old in this movie or if you know, something just, but it, it was funny. Cause I, you remember the abyss from 19, was it 88 or 89? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, one of my favorite movies back then. James Cameron, right? Yeah, exactly. And I didn't realize that Ed Harris was the one in that movie. For whatever reason, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I haven't seen that in so long." I forgot that was Ed Harris. That was a young Ed Harris. And I'm like, "Wasn't he? My gosh, he really has aged." Yeah, and wasn't he in uh, the right stuff? Like back in the early '80s. Yeah, he played John Glenn in the right. Which, by the way, the right stuff, amazing. Good movie. Oh my gosh, four hours. It's old, but it's quite, quite good. It doesn't age because it's about the. Uh, the Mercury and the Apollo missions and the um, Gemini. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly Mercury. But if you ever get a chance, dude, those were oh, such a good movie. Yeah. And good yeah. book too. Yeah. It was fantastic. So, it's just, so it's Ed Harris looks ancient. Jennifer Connelly shows up just, they barely show her for like one oh, half a yeah. second. And I've, I've always been ever since labyrinth. I've been, a, I've been, a, I just had a big crush on Jennifer Connelly. So that was the first, it was, uh, it was one of her first movies. Labyrinth. Yeah. It, no, it was like, she was like 16 or something like that. In yeah. the movie. Anyway, so the next movie we had, wait, I don't think we, did we mention it last week? Ad Astra we, we with, did not. Uh, with Brad Pitt. Looks awesome. That's probably, yeah, that's the one I'm looking forward to the most, but Holy Interstellar, the preview at least looks like it's basically the same in the same exact thrust as Interstellar was with uh, Matthew McConaughey. It made me think that Brad Pitt saw what Nolan and McConaughey did back in 2014 and said, I can do that. Yeah, let's <laughs> do that. I was thinking. That's basically what it looked like. So it, it looks like a very expansive, epic sci-fi movie. And so I was thinking that's myself, the one. I'm, that's uh, the one I'm looking. Yeah, I'm gonna go to Brad Pitt. All right, all right. And I'm gonna say you need to do another Interstellar. Just call it something else. Add all right, all Astra. Right. It's gonna be great. <laughs> then the then the last one. I, I, was, by the way, I can't wait to see Ad Astra. This would be awesome. I just wanted to okay. say like that looks awesome. Yeah, it, it does. That oh, that comes out in September. By the way, so oh, we, so we, soon. Yes. Yeah. And then the last one I wanted to mention was Jay and Silent Bob <laughs> reboot. If you were ever into into that movie genre back in the day, uh never any saw of them. the any of any of Kevin Smith's movies, yeah. uh so Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, this is basically a a sequel to that movie. And what I thought was the weirdest thing about that trailer was that Kevin Smith is really gaunt. He's super thin and it just like he still plays Silent Bob. And so Silent Bob has always been kind of a tubby guy, right? Yeah. But so it almost looked like the costume department put him in, you know, the big black trench coat and all that, like he used to have in his old character. But his face doesn't match the outfit anymore. It's yeah. really weird. And of course, Jason Muse, who plays Jay, is, is also getting up there. And Shannon Elizabeth shows up and she's also mm. getting up there. And nice. Red Man and Method Man show up and they're also getting up there. And Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Biggs, you know, from the American Pie movies, James Vanderbeek, who played Dawson and Dawson's Creek, and mm. all these guys who are in the original Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back movie, they're all in this one too. So interesting. And I've never seen any, or I haven't seen the original at all. Yeah, so that one I'm kind of looking. For. I'll wait. I'll wait for that one to come out on Netflix or DVD or whatever. I'm not going to go to the theater and see it, but but uh, that yeah. looked like I, I didn't know it was coming out. And it looked kind of fun. So you know, it's funny. Kevin yeah. Smith spoke at Podcast Movement in I think it was 2016, 
And very interesting, by the way. I'm not sure he was the approach. I don't know. It, whatever. Like he had some really, really amazing gold nuggets, but it was not at all what I expected. And I think some people were kind of like, whoa, <laughs> unfiltered. Yeah, was, he, was he really crass? <laughs> unfiltered. Yeah, it was one of the most crass things I think I've ever heard in my entire life. He, he speaks his mind, but I respect him a lot in general because the, the, the interviews I've seen with him where yeah. he's being serious, even he's, you know, he's very abrasive, but he's also very real, if you will. That's what I loved about it. And yeah, I mean, cause it was like, I, I gleaned so many nuggets between all of the other stuff that I was like, I almost want to walk out because I don't want to know this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, like right. I learned things I shouldn't learn, but it was like some of the nuggets he had in there was, they were so good. But what's interesting is he was actually talking a lot about his weight there and you could tell he was, yeah. I don't know if I'd go as far as depressed about it, but it was pretty close to being depressed about his weight. And so I'm glad, dude, because this was three well, years ago. So he's worked on it. It's awesome. Yeah, big time. He's lost a lot of weight. You can yeah, tell. So. That's great. I yeah. mean, gaunt. That's- but you know what? It takes a while for the skin to kind of recover if you've been a big dude. <laughs> I'm just saying. He looked pretty gaunt. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably the best word I could think of. Hopefully he's not like unhealthy, but I mean, I don't know. I hope not. I got to say something. This is funny. So you know, my comments on captain Marvel a while ago when it came out yeah. and there was something that I was talking about when it came to Brie Larson that I said, was it her acting or what is it? Was it the writing and the directing of her character that annoyed me because she annoyed me and mm. I, so I never figured it out. Like, was it her acting or I hadn't seen her or anything. And I was like, Oh, first of all, I was re I've been rewatching community just for fun, kind of on and off. And I hit one of the episodes in season four. I didn't want, I just, I kind of skip around, you know, I hit one of the episodes in season four and is this was a 2012 episode by the way. And I'm like, this girl looks really familiar. Who is this? And I'm like, I think that's Brie Larson. No way. <laughs> and it was, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I loved her character in that episode. Like I loved it. And she was fantastic. Did a great job at acting and everything. And I'm like, and I remember when I first watched that episode, loving that character. And I'm like, okay, definitely was not her acting in Captain Marvel that annoyed me. Then it was the writing and the directing of it. So that was kind of refreshing to know because I didn't know. And I'm like, okay, cool. Brie Larson's cool. All good. Whatever. I know a lot of people don't, don't like her beliefs. Whatever. I don't care, but it's just like, I liked her in that. So definitely was the writing and the directing. So good. good Doesn't that feel good? It does. It feels really good. Now, yeah. speaking of characters that annoy me. Oh. I have to at least just say this because so many people were pulling for me to watch whiskey cavalier and I, I watched the first two episodes and I'm just like, uh, and so I finally, I pushed myself. I said, okay guys, yeah, these people love it. I'm going to give it another try. I did. And I gave it my quote fair try back to when miss ice and I were talking about, you should be picky and choosy. There's only so much of a try that you should give something and then you should walk away from it because it's entertainment and there's better things to be doing with our lives if we don't like it. Right. Right. I, I can't do it, man. I, I finally said, forget it. I'm done with the show. The characters to me were not <laughs> developed enough. Maybe by the end of the season they do, but it just felt, they felt very two dimensional and stereotypical cliched kind of thing. Don't get me wrong. The locales were incredible. I said that, you know, I love the fact that they filmed on location in these various cities across the world. It was amazing. Loved the spy stuff. But I said this before Frankie, the, the main you know, there's two main characters. She has got to possibly be the most annoying character that I've ever seen on television. Wow. Film. Yeah. Something about her has rubbed me the wrong way so much that I mean, like I hate her. I hate her and I don't hate people like wow. this. It's bizarre. No, so something about this character just drove me like I can't watch this anymore because I want to reach her and punch her. 
And here's the thing, like there's characters I've hated over the years in movies and TV shows, but it's usually the, I love that. I hate this character. They're so right. awesome at their villainy and, or whatever it is. Like I, I love that. I hate it. And they've made it really perfectly. Then there's the, you know, speaking of the abyss, right? There's the character that annoys you. I mean, what's her name? And I can never remember her name because she was a big actress in the eighties and nineties, but the, the main actress, the main actress. Yeah. Um, it'll come to me later, of course, but of course, you know, in the beginning they talk about how much everybody hates her and you're supposed to hate her as a character and you do, but then there's this charm that still comes from the character. There's, there's something that you like about the character regardless of how much they annoy you, or there's some level of a redemption. This person's an idiot. You know, they're a jerk and then they redeem themselves at some point. And there's none of that in Frankie. And (laughs) even asking some of the people that have watched, they said that she really doesn't change that much. And I thought Uh I can't do this because there's no charm in her. She literally is somebody that I would have nothing to do with in my life because of how much. So for whatever reason, and I know I'm, I may be alone in this because (laughs) I know other people that said, Oh, she was funny. And I'm like, I would punch her. She's not funny. Brian. Um, Now, Brian, Oh, there. Well, I don't hit women. Well, there do that. So yeah, for whatever reason, man, the way they wrote that character really struck a chord in me. That was like, huh. I, I have to walk away from this show. So very interesting. Now, granted, I may yeah. be alone in this at all. I don't know, but um, probably not. I'm really sensitive to how people treat other people. Mm-hmm. And she's not someone anyone should model themselves after. So Anyway, so I'm done yeah. with that show. Sorry, guys, but I tried. All right. Uh, you tried. Hey, the, you gave it the good old college try. I'm not even going right. to do that. So good for you. <laughs> the good news. Well, and again, I'm, I know people who have loved it. So don't just say Brian's opinion is the, no, of course not. Like that's just how I, 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 that's how I took it. But the cool part is, is it freed me up and I, it's kind of like when you throw something away that you've been holding on to that you shouldn't hold on to. And you're just like, Oh, I feel better. So booyah, yeah. I feel great. I'm moving on to something better. Good, good for you, man. That was yeah. a that was a good good. You pulled up out of that nosedive there and <laughs> put a positive spin on it. Well, no, I was really trying to find a way to like it, and uh, but it's interesting, like the way that it actually got me thinking more about how characters are written. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is that there are annoying people in this world. We know that, sure, but. Many. I would say most of the annoying people that I've met in my life and I've met people that are similar to this character, Frankie, but I'm always able to see through it. I'm always able to see that there is something likable about that person. There is a charm to that person, regardless of that tough, disrespectful, you know, I can't say the word exterior that that person exudes. There's always something about that person. that I'm like, yeah, but not really. You know what I mean? And with, oh, yeah. with this Frankie character, I didn't get any of that. So I thought either the character was written wrong, like it, this is just not a realistic person or I don't know. I don't know what it was, but there's always something is that she, I can break through, if you know what I mean. Is she like a caricature of uh, like, is she gratuitously obnoxious in her in how she deals with people or what? I think what she is. is yes. Like you're uh, that's a great word. Gratuitously obnoxious. Like, yes. Like they write her that way just because they want to make her over the top obnoxious. It's what it seems like. Okay. But again, like everybody that I've met, that's gratuitously obnoxious, as you would say, uh, <laughs> there's always, there's always something there that you can see through. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. like that person is, uh, I don't know, a fearful person or insecure. And so they do that right. to put on a show. Right. And you can see that. And then it makes you kind of feel their charm and go, 
I feel bad for this person because they're insecure or they're fearful and I'm going to break through that shell and I'm going to be there for that person. I'm going to at least try to relate to that person regardless of how obnoxious they try to make themselves seem. Or if they write the character properly or artistically, you know, in a, in a clever way, then they would lead you down that path, whether you wanted to or not, you know, they would make this obnoxious person, you know, they would, they would hint at their weak spots and kind of redeem them later on in the season or something like that. But yeah, so, and maybe it's possible that it does go there. And like I said, I didn't watch the entire season, so maybe it does. But um, some of the people I talked to that watched it said it never really goes there. But then again, maybe it really does. You know what I mean? And maybe I'm just oversensitive to it, but I don't know. I, I'm, I love studying people's hey. character and I, you know, if it's not for me, it's not for me. And that's cool. Yeah, but if you're not feeling it, move yeah. on, but it Let's does move on. It gives you a little bit more of a glimpse into when people suck on the outside. Do they really suck on the inside? You know what I mean? True. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Um, I had to, I just really funny. So you know the little three or initiating surprise and three two one voice at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Some of you know what that's from. Some of you don't. That is the voice of Gladys, who is the artificial intelligence from the video game Portal, and mm-hmm. that came out. You know what? Ten, fifteen years ago. No, I don't even know. It's been a while. Portal one, yeah. Portal one, and then Portal two. And it's funny. Uh, I never played all the way through Portal one, so I never found out what the story was and. Uh, it was funny because uh, Johnny Pistol Shot was saying, oh, let's play Portal 2. We've never played Portal 2. There's a whole co-op mode that's really cool. Yes. We've been getting yeah, into up it. Too, up too late and I played the entire game through co-op and it was a lot of fun. Is the single and the multi the same, by the way? I don't it? know. I didn't do the single. Okay. So. so apparently there's a really, really good story in the single player of Portal 1, which I never did finish for whatever reason. And Johnny was telling me how beyond messed up Gladys, the artificial intelligences. And I thought, (laughs) Oh, and she's the intro to my show. Hmm. But I mean, it's kind of funny now when I hear her voice going initiating surprise and three, two, one, I'm like, we're all going to die. She's going to kill us. (laughs) She's insane. Anyway, it was just really, and she would, yeah, she absolutely would because she hates humans. Yep. Yep. We're just a bunch of meat bags or meat popsicles. Right. All right, um, we're going to try out Sea of Thieves. This game's been around for a while. It's a multiplayer kind of co-op scenario. I think it's mass world kind of thing, but you know, you're a pirate. So you can be a pirate, a cavalier, or British Navy, right? Or is it you just know pirate? I didn't see that at all. When I, when I fired the game up, it was, it was you, get to pick, you get to pick what character you look like, uh, oh. sort of. And then you have to pick your crew and what ship you want to to sail but it, it it looked to me and i I didn't i mean again just starting it up from scratch it looked to me like it's a complete co-op game you Which can't it's cool. not your typical massive multiplayer online game where you can just make a new character you know customize how it looks like yeah start at a newbie zone and, and you know you know do some quests and work your way up towards your ship or all that you know it's not like that it's like you you get in you have friends with you or you can't really play it hmm which is cool so, for you yeah. know, the eight to 10 person groups that are trying to do stuff together. Right. But again, you can only have a four person crew. So at a time, but then you, your ships, you know, create alliances and then you can do stuff together right. at that point. Sure. Yeah. But it, yeah, uh, so it, looked, it was almost intimidating actually. So well, mm. it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But the good news for our gaming group is that we, it is fully co-op and we have to rely on each other to do stuff, to do anything in the game. I think That's so. Cool. Yeah, and I'm a huge, huge fan of the timeline. You know, where you're a pirate and you're on the seas and you're captaining a galleon. You know, like that's just amazing to me. And so, 
Mm-hmm. I loved the Monkey Island games from, uh, I mean, shoot, they were, I, I guess they started in the mid 90s and went through the early to early right. mid 2000s. Secret yep. of Monkey Island. I, I love that culture, you know, where you're a pirate and you're doing things and it's just, you know, you're on islands and it's just beautiful, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because we went down to the Caribbean, you know, years ago and went to the, the Pirate Museum in Key West, which, by the way, gives you a much more realistic viewpoint of what pirates were really like. Yeah, I bet. And you stop glamorizing fun. them, which is a good thing because, you know, those guys were, <laughs> wow. you, Yeah, not good. Not good people. But there was something, there's some charm about the culture back then. I don't know what it was, but yeah, definitely there's, probably would have hated it if we lived there. I think it's more charm about the the popularized culture. I don't think yeah, there was anything yeah. charming about the culture in, in reality. But No, not at all. But I, you, I think you wouldn't, well, you would not. Brian would not because it's fully single player but assassin's creed black flag is oh. a very good pirate game yeah well yeah so you know i've been playing mass effect andromeda which is single and we we play single at the same time and talk to each other while we're playing our single player games which is not my first choice but the story in that game and the gameplay and which we've talked about already mm-hmm. is so good yep. that i kind of love it <laughs> so. good i'm glad yeah i'm enjoying it too so yeah all right still a little bit of music here I've added a bunch of stuff, a little bit of an overhaul of my Spotify list. So for those of you who love music and are looking for some new stuff, do check out my Spotify list. For those of you who follow it, you already got it. For those of you who don't, go check it out. All the links will be in the show notes, realbrianshow.com slash 172. And I'm not going to link all of these songs, but just I'm linking my Spotify list. Go check it out. doesn't matter what music service you do, just check these people out. So a couple of them I wanted to point out. I love this style of music, but Amor Fatih. Yeah. And uh, there was a song called Washed Fine. Out. Super chill, very no. summery. No, no, no. You, you have it backwards. Washed Out is the band. Amor Fatih is the song. Are you serious? Yep. Serious. Did I seriously Washed out that the one band. Up? I've been a Washed Out fan for a long time. Really? Yeah. They're really good. Yeah, check them out. If you've, ever watched, if you've ever watched the show Portlandia, yeah. the intro song is by the band Washed Out. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe I reversed that for whatever reason. I, uh, <laughs> I never do that. So there you go. I, I, I there you stand go. corrected. It's okay. I, at least I caught it right away. I appreciate that. Yep. You're okay. right. Dag gummit washed out. Amor Fatih is a song. Well, washed out is cool. I like them. Yes. Amor Fatih like is a lot. great song. It's very summery feeling for some reason. Yes. Speaking of bands that get played in like, you know, TV shows, movies, that kind of thing was, and, and these guys aren't brand new, but it, I, I finally watched the Steve jobs movie. And it was oh, yeah. the Maccabees and I, I'd never, for whatever reason, I mean, I'm sure I've heard them somewhere, but for whatever reason, I was just like, Oh, I didn't even know that these Maccabees. guys exist. Yeah. The Maccabees. So they've, I don't know how long they've been around, but one way or the other booyah. And I am very impressed with them. It is a song called grew up at midnight. So check that one out. Okay. Yeah. It's really good. Sophie Tucker came out with a brand new song. Oh my gosh. They are so great. It's called Swing. Check it out. Def- different language, but oh my gosh, just it's driving beat. It's really amazing. Becca Shea. What, what language do they sing in? I don't know what it is. That's the thing because I'm normally they're in French, but this is not, I don't oh, okay. think French, so I'm not quite sure what it is, but really, really good. Um, another artist I'm a huge fan of that used to do stuff around 2010 to 2012, did some really, really great stuff and then kind of did some different styles for a while. But uh, this new song is a lot like her original stuff is Becca Shea. Really good. It's called Lioness. Check that one out. Felix Cartel. I think I promoted a song that Felix did with Lights, which I love. Felix Cartel did a song with Veronica. It's called Over It. It's really good. 
And then Simmel. Remember Simmel? S-Y-M-L? Yeah, Smile, I want to say. Smile. Yes, it seems like it. Uh, did a new song called The Bird. I want my bird. I want my bird. That does not, not my bird. That's no, so good. Oh, my gosh. Great. Tough. <laughs> and then um, Kuma and Vila. No idea who these people are, but they did a song called Sculpture. And it's the, quote, stripped version, meaning that it is acoustic. But okay. super ethereal, man. Really, really nice. And then if you're looking for just something a little different, instrumental soundtrack style stuff just for fun, Peter Rowe, R-O-E. Again, never heard of this dude. Beautiful, man. Celine is, wow, really, really good. And then Where the Hills Are Green is very Irish. So cool. I mean, okay. even, even freaking Yuli and our bagpipes come in. Ah. Oh, just some good stuff. So I listen love to music, some clonad while you're at it. I, I love my music. It's absolutely fantastic life. See, there you go. That's an asset music. Yeah, it, it really is. is in my life. So I got to Spotify share. is an asset. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I remember when Spotify was beta testing for the US and I said, this is going to change the face of music. And that was not that long ago. Move over Pandora. Yeah. And radio. <laughs> well there you have it go check out some daggum good music have some fun check out them video games and all them tv shows and other things like that and then uh stuff look for people who unleash your superheroes look for the positive do that yourself manage your assets in your life figure out what those assets are what's important to you go for it that's what the, what it's so funny when i was prepping my show notes and stuff like that even even within about 30 minutes before we started recording Mm-hmm. I had no idea that the show was going to go down this direction. And I love that. <laughs> Some people say, you know what? You're a little all over the place. You need to be a little more structured. But if we were more structured, we would not have had these great conversations today. It wouldn't be the real Brian show, would it? We were structured enough. We knew where we were going with it. But <laughs> I guarantee you, man, this wouldn't have been as good if we had been as more structured than this. Mm. I'm telling you. Tell you what. Tell you what. All right. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate your time and uh, appreciate you sharing your stuff too. And that was good advice. Well, I hope it was. That's, that's the goal. If it ain't good advice, then it's a waste of our time. Now, speaking of good advice, I mean, I, I've got, I've got no words. It's deep thoughts with captain influence. Am I the only person who giggles whenever I see Darth Vader walking away from the camera? Come on. You know, I've been, reading the Darth Vader comics because yes, John Pistolshot told me to read it. And I have now realized that the Darth Vader, there are compilations, you know, it's the book, uh-huh. not just the single issues. And I believe there are four of those uh-huh. compilations right now. And so I'm reading the first one called Vader. I see him walking away and I giggle, <laughs> uh, but I just want to say that it is a bloody fantastic comic series. You remember I was talking about the art slash story and can they mix it? Wow. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, man. It takes I'm place. Glad to hear it. Yeah. It takes place right after a new hope, the original star Wars movie, a new hope. And it's, okay. it's before empire strikes back, but Ooh. it ties in everything that we saw in episodes one through three as well. So, Oh my, well, I, I'm happy to say Brian that my copy of volume one should be arriving at my doorstep any day now. Yay. I ordered it. So you're going to love it, man. You're going to love it. I'm looking. It's the first comic I've read and it will be the first comic I've read in. Oh gosh. 60 years. years. Oh, 20, only 20, not 60. Yeah. Oh, at least 20. Yeah. So 
I'm looking forward to it. I was so going to say good. 120 years, but I don't think comics were around back then. Uh, in some form. Yeah, maybe. There can be only one. Well, you know what the music means. Oh, yes. It's time to go, man. Thank you, as always, Captain Influence. Oh, thank you for having me, as always. And thank you all so much for listening. We, I mean, I, I love hearing from you. So give us your thoughts. Tell us what request you have for which dialect we should speak in. Let's get crazy. Realbryanshow.com. Go there. Check out all the daggum links and all the daggum stuff. Have yourself a glorious week. Real Brian Show. Sign it up. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.